Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hello dear subscribers, it's a happy Sunday today and there's been a lot of comments about the walkie-talkie videos so I decided that after a day's painting Remy and myself would take to the hills and we've achieved a bit of a climb and I want you to have the view particularly if you're in lockdown anywhere in the world at the moment and um, this is a hillside over the village that I live in and that village is down there with the little harbour and you know sometimes I make videos that's the beach if you can see it off there in the distance Anyway, there's lovely heather and gorse here and beautiful little wildflowers, inspiring. So I hope I get inspired enough to give you a good video. What I'd like to talk to you about today is um, the, the two kind of theories on narcissism and, and healing ourselves. And it's reported that narcissism starts off in childhood due to, to traumatic experiences and abuse of the child and psychology follows that abuse and behaviour pattern throughout the narcissist's adult life and the narcissistic personality disorder was added to the DSM I think in 1980 but I could be mistaken about that so anyone wants to correct me let me know. Um, the other uh, theory is that it's a very spiritual um, demonic possession of a person and that that starts generations back or from early childhood and I would say personally just my opinion I think both theories are right I think that the individual may well suffer trauma and their reaction to it I mean a lot of children suffer trauma but it's the reaction to it and the energy around that individual within their family or within themselves that I believe causes them to go down the path of narcissistic personality disorder or to be high on that spectrum and to live a very disordered life, causing others and themselves a huge amount of distress and destruction. I believe that the spiritual entity part of it is is that energy and that the psychologists study the personality and they see similarities. They study how the amygdala, amygdala reacts to different things and triggers. And they discover that people that do suffer from the personality disorder all follow very, very similar patterns of behaviour. So, given that that is, you know, the two different theories of where narcissism comes from and how it develops and how it it's ingrained in the person by adulthood. And I would just suggest that whatever your belief, whether you, you totally, uh, you know, don't agree with the spiritual aspect of it and the demons, the demonic possession, you know, even if you're just going down the psychology route or if you're totally not into the psychology route and just going down the spiritual route, whichever, whichever you believe to be the case, what we do know and what I think we can all agree on is that narcissistic personality disorder exists and abuse occurs because of it. So having said that, we have all slept with the enemy. We have been sleeping with the enemy for a very long time. Some of us are still sleeping with the enemy and suffering horrendously and 
trying to find the courage to get away or to find a way that we can do that safely. We've been sleeping because we believed that the person that we were with was like ourselves, you know, was normal, that they would react the same way, that they had empathy. And we didn't realise that we were in a very complex, intricate game that these people play that suffer from this disorder. It's a disorder because their thoughts don't work the same way ours do. Uh, they see everything in a different light and they're driven to destruct anything that they feel is a threat to them and to usurp um, commodities that they see people can provide for them because of the way they've decided to get their needs met, their emotional needs and their monetary needs and all the needs that they actually have that they're not going to supply themselves with. I'm just going to go up the hill here a little bit and hopefully not bump into anyone. It's great to get away here on a Sunday where there, there's no one around really. It's wonderful. It's very peaceful. It's very peaceful to be away from the narcissist. That's a big plus for all of us. Anyway, I digress. Let's go down the hill, Rem. We'll go down. I'm going to bring you down the hill, guys. And maybe you can see a bit more of a panoramic view. Um, okay, so we've been sleeping. We've been asleep. Um, and we begin to realise... We begin to realise when we have gone through a fair amount of abuse, sometimes we don't wake up for years. And sometimes we wake up, but we don't want to wake up. You know, it's like when you're half asleep and you're having a dream and you make yourself stay asleep to have the dream. Sometimes it's too much for us to face. We kind of do know. We've seen the red flags, but we don't, we don't want it to end because, I'll tell you because why in a few minutes. So we've been sleeping for a long time. And if it's not like a 20 year relationship where we have managed to find a way to survive it, in some way before it actually ends because these relationships always end even if it's 20 or 30 years later. If it's been a one, two, three shorter term, shorter, shorter, longer term relationship, we begin to establish boundaries when we just can't take any more of the abuse or when the love bombing sessions uh, cease or stop or we find out that the narcissist is cheating on us, which are all typical behavior patterns of a narcissist. And we establish boundaries and we begin to come up to the discard phase or they discard they discard us or we discard them, whatever. It's still a discard. It's still an ending of the transactionship between the two. When we get to this stage, we realise that the narcissist has an inability to destroy us. And this is a big, big, big point that we, we tend to overlook they are not able, mostly, to destroy us. They do cause a lot of destruction in our lives. We do have to rebuild. It's like having villages burnt down that we live in and relationships destroyed that we have to rebuild. There is a whole rebuilding, renewal process. But a lot of the time, thanks to communities like this, thanks to God, thanks to our families and people who love us, and the strength within ourselves, thanks to all of that, they often don't get to destroy us. 
So from that point, I'd like to continue. Sometimes it's very scary to think that we could succeed. Seeing ourselves as being successful can be really scary. It's much more comfortable to stay in a position that you feel familiar with, even if it's an abusive situation. I'll say that again. Sometimes it's very scary to face the possibility of our own personal success. It's easier and less fearful to stay in a situation that's abusive because it's familiar. We decide that we can cope with it and that if only we weren't in this situation, we could become fantastic people. We could use the talent that everyone says we have and we could become successful. It's like people when we're, when we were afraid, when you're afraid to, to go on a diet because if you lose the weight, then you have to be the person that you always dream you could be. And it's fearful. So it's a letting go process. It's a believing in yourself. Taking small steps towards yourself, towards your self-actualization. Forget about the narcissist. I know this is easier said than done. It depends on wh where you are in your healing process or where you are after a discard, how much pain you're in and how much support you have. But given that you have succeeded in escaping the narcissist and you have gone no contact and you're dealing with the pain and you're getting as much support as possible and you're here listening to this video because you believe in yourself, you believe you can do it. You just need faith. You need to believe that you can do it and you believe, need to believe in how great you're going to be, not could be. So if you, what I would suggest is if you look at yourself and cling on to any interest that makes you you, even if it's years since, like you've been with a narcissist 20 years, look into yourself and anything that makes you the individual you are, concentrate on. Because remember, like the video I did about the two wolves, what you feed grows. So even if it's only small steps, even if you used to like walking, go on a short walk. Try and put more days together where you can do something for yourself. More good days come in a row than the bad days. Try and concentrate on the picture of who you are and who you want to be and work at it. And the more you do this, the less power the narcissist has in your life the less fearful you are of them. They become powerless and insignificant, which is what they actually are already. The only reason they became powerful was they convinced you. They got into your head, into all your neural pathways, into every part of your being and tricked you and deluded you and be showed you illusions and delusions and disrupted your ordered thinking with their disordered thinking. 
And the last thing I will say, besides encouraging us all to awaken ourselves as the route to healing and the route to overcoming narcissistic abuse is something I was reading that was absolutely fascinating in relation to the narcissist. Now, I'm not going to go into, you know, the whole psychology. I read a paper on it um, and I'll put the details down below of that paper in the video description. But the, the very simplistic um, outcome of it was that the narcissist's decision-making processes, and this was what I found fascinating in relation to the discard, they, they suffer like we all do from fear, and our fear I've just discussed, the narcissist's fear, fear of abandonment, fear of discovery, fear of having to deal with the reality of who they actually are themselves. And things that we don't know are going to trigger their fears of the trauma that they experienced in childhood. So it's fear of the crumbling of the facade of who they actually are. And we may not know what we're saying or the boundaries that we're putting up that are actually causing them to feel this immense, huge fear again that's triggered from childhood. So if they feel this fear, it can be huge it can be even though it's something minor that it might be an everyday thing that we're doing or saying the trigger the trigger of what it is we're doing or interacting with them can trigger their childhood trauma and that fear becomes huge and they act disproportionately to the the thing that's happening between you and them and it becomes overwhelming to them and Th this fear, say, of abandonment, they act out on it without any, without any reasoning. They act on their emotion. They don't see the periphery that's going on around them in relation to the decision-making process. They're target-oriented. They're goal-driven. And if this overtakes them, they can make the most stupid, ridiculous decisions. And one of those decisions, as we know, is leaving A-grade supply, leaving you reckless, ill-thought-out, emotionally driven, fear-triggered from the past, um, overblown fear, unrealistic fear, psychotic fear. And they make this big decision and they leave you and they think that they're in a winning position and they think that they're doing the right thing for themselves because, of course, they're self-driven. And they make the biggest mistake of their lives. So that's where fear, fear, that's what happens with fear in the narcissist. They leave and make the worst decision of their lives. And we're fearful of our success. So we stay. So it's a very, very non-feasibly, non-working relationship. They go out of fear, we stay out of fear. We want them back out of fear. They want us back out of fear. And that's my belief in why the cycle churns around and around and around again until one of you get off. Until the narcissist, well, I don't think that they ever do, they will always come back at some stage.
but they fear being alone and they fear abandonment. They won't admit they've made a mistake in leaving you unless they have to do that to get back to you. But their fear drives them on and on and on in their cycle. We have the ability to face our fear, to love ourselves, to rebuild our lives, to make a new life that we own ourselves, that we don't give away to someone else. Once we own it ourselves, we can share it with someone else. So I hope this is making sense, guys. It's my message today, and from Remy too. Sorry, he's just there behind me. <laughs> We're enjoying our walk in the hills, and we hope you do too. I wish I could just go around this, um, this bend and show you what's over the other side. I'd have to keep talking. Um, well, maybe I can. So in the spirit of a Sunday, in the spirit of a Sunday, feel the freedom of this beautiful scenery, even though it seems a bit dark at the moment. I have to go down this way. Feel the freedom and think about the possibility of who you could be. We're all afraid, you know, we're all afraid. Sure, look, I was afraid even to, to make a video on YouTube and I started and I've gotten such support from all of you and made new friends, um, healed a lot and done other things as well. But it's very, very fearful to do these things. But when you do them, you want to do the next thing and the next thing. So once you get a taste of growth, of personal growth, and you've awakened and accepted the fact that unfortunately, sad as it is, and it's extremely sad that someone has wasted their life by going down the narcissistic route, we can't help them. It, sorry, it's God's job, as I said to someone recently, and they, they thought that that was a good way of putting it. It's not our job to save them. It's our job to deal with them as best we can, but to remember that we were put here to live our own lives and not to let somebody else destroy our potential because we're needed in the world. You're needed in the world. You have something to contribute and you know what it is. Even if you say, look, Paula, I don't know. I don't know what my purpose is at the moment. You'll find your purpose if you follow the path. You have to put that foot out onto the path and start your journey. Take your fear and put it in your pocket and ask whoever you ask, God or the universe, friends or family, YouTube community, whoever you think can give you support and put your foot, one foot in front of the other. And even if you have to just go a little bit of the way on the road and take a sit down, do it. Because the more you journey into yourself, the more you'll find your purpose. I promise you. I really, really promise you. So guys, I'm going to end the video here and uh, I might try and do another one that I can post up when I get around the side of this hill. This Sunday, please love yourselves. Please love yourselves. That's what I'm going to try and do on a daily basis, even on the bad days. Remember, we're all here. We're all here for each other. And it's a great place to be. Have a blessed Sunday and thank you guys for listening. Bye.